Tonight we take a deep breath. And I think we need it. We need to make the time to breathe in the Lord's power and His presence, especially here as we continue to adore Him in the Blessed Sacrament. Pope Francis wrote in his document Evangelii Gaudium, quote, without prolonged moments of adoration, of prayerful encounter with the Word, of sincere conversation with the Lord, our work easily becomes meaningless. We lose energy as a result of weariness and difficulties, and our fervor dies out. The church urgently needs the deep breath of prayer. As we take this deep breath of prayer, we look at Jesus in the Eucharist. And the Eucharist looks so still, and yet it is alive and it is breathing. It is alive because he is alive. The host is alive with the breath of God, the breath of Jesus risen from the dead. As we adore him here in the monstrance, we take a deep breath with and in Jesus. His life is ours. His breath is ours. He inspires us, puts the breath of the Holy Spirit into us. St. Paul once wrote that all scripture is inspired by God. And another beautiful translation of that says that all scripture is God-breathed. Sacred scripture begins with a breath. The second verse of the book of Genesis reveals that God's spirit, his ruach, his breath, hovered over the waters at the very dawn of creation. And then when the Lord first formed man out of the dust, he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And so the man became a living soul. Over and over again throughout salvation history, breath appears as an ongoing theme, a clear image for the presence of God as the source and the foundation of all life. Psalm 104 says that if God hides his face from his creatures and takes away their breath, they die and return to the dust. We depend on him completely. You are breathing right now because he desires you to be precisely here. We cannot exist without him constantly holding us in being. And yet, what is our being anyways? It is also a breath, barely anything at all. We are very nearly nothing. We come and go in a matter of a few short decades. The Psalms continue to groan under this burden of our mortality. One of them says, Lord, what is man that you take notice of him? The son of man 
that you think of him. Man is but a breath. His days are like a passing shadow. And again, behold, you have made my days a few handbreadths, and my lifetime is as nothing before you. Surely all mankind stands as a mere breath. One day, our life will be taken from us, and we will return to the dust. It's the way of all flesh. It's the wages of sin. And yet, we can still face the breathless grave with confidence and with hope. Why? Where does that hope come from? Look to the monstrance. Look to Jesus. In him, we find a God who entered into our human condition, who in fact assumed our lowly nature. Jesus has lungs. Think of that for a moment. On that first Christmas night, the infant Jesus filled his lungs for the first time with the very air that he himself designed to sustain us. And he would go on to fill those lungs for 33 years on this earth, filling them and emptying them to proclaim the truth, filling them and emptying them to proclaim sins forgiven, filling them and emptying them again to hike up and down the Holy Land declaring the coming of the kingdom of God. It's this same Jesus who was more than willing to be suffocated for our sake on the cross. While he was on the cross for those hours on Good Friday, his breathing first became labored, then it became practically impossible And finally, it came to a horrible halt. Good Friday was, in fact, a kind of deflation. God stopped breathing. He expired. As we read in Luke's account of the Passion, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. And when he had said this, He breathed his last. That's kind of hard to believe. The same breath that once breathed over the waters of creation was stilled, was brought to a halt by human cruelty and by human jealousy on Calvary. Just take a deep breath and let that fact sink in. Why did he do this? Well, he was willing to be suffocated for us in order to counteract and disarm all those countless times that we have drawn breath in order to abandon God. How many wasted breaths we've spent while choosing something less than holy, something that leads us away from God, the God who breathes his love into us, Constantly. It is a very old story. Think back to that first 
conversation between Eve and the serpent. How much wasted breath. And where was Adam at that time? He was keeping silent and holding his breath right next to Eve as the devil tricked mankind into the suffocation of sin. And so on the cross, Jesus himself lovingly underwent that suffocation of sin on our behalf. He killed what kills us. He laid down his life in order to resuscitate humanity, to bring us back to life. So when he rose from the dead on Easter morning, his glorified lungs were filled once again with that rush of life-giving wind. And then what does he do with that air? What does he do? He breathes on his disciples. And he says, Receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. And then later on Pentecost morning, a mighty rushing wind descended upon the disciples, filling them with power and with courage, filling them with resurrection breath. Our Savior is still breathing. In the proclamation of the scriptures, he is still breathing. In the celebration of the sacraments, he is still breathing. In the living teaching authority of the Pope and all the bishops, he is still breathing. But most especially, Christ continues to breathe in the breaking of the bread, in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. It's there that the priest standing in persona Christi, speaks the eternal words over the bread and over the chalice. The priest's breath comes upon those very simple things, and they become the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, the body and blood of Jesus. So whenever we adore the Lord exposed in the Blessed Sacrament, it's as if we are pausing in the middle of Mass, just to take a deep breath and to look at God's love, just to look at Jesus, totally emptied and totally given to us in the sacred host. So breathe in deep, receive the peace that Christ is exhaling over you here and now. St. Augustine, in his conversion, expressed it thusly, and I'll end on this note. He says, you breathed your fragrance on me, Lord. You breathed your fragrance on me. And I've breathed in deep, and now I just, I pant after you. I, I thirst for you. If only we could learn how to breathe in Jesus in the way that he's asking us to, we would find peace, we would find contentment, and we would know that he is definitively with us and definitively for us.